0: One six to one hundred is like a good playoff win, you know. And I'm it's good, very rarely do you just like blow teams out other than yeah, but play. they could have blown them out tonight.
1: I'm not, I'm not calling for a blowout here, you know, like saying like they gotta blow them out every game. But tonight could have been one of those nights where the Raptors could have easily put their foot down and you know push the Bucks to the side. But 15 to four run, dude. I hate to start off so negatively. <laughs> Wait, didn't we win this one? I thought we won. Yeah, no, we won. We won. Yeah. The, the, what do you think? Hold on a second. What do you think about the Bucks playing so physical
0: with Demar tonight and Giannis
1: kind of getting some superstar calls?
0: Man, the tweet. I don't know if it's superstar cl- calls or if you're just like you're t- on a. Uh, if you're on Raptors Twitter too frequently, man. <laughs> Raptors, Raptors Twitter is Raptors Twitter is insane, man. Anytime there's a, a call against our our two boys, DeMar Rosen or Lowry, like, you know, I was like, "Oh, Giannis is getting all these calls." Are you serious? Like, I remember I sh- I should have screenshot it and sent it to you, but like, there was that one call Giannis got. It was in the f- I think it was in the fourth.
1: It was the spinning left-handed in
0: Yeah, and everybody's like, "Wow, he got that call!" And I got like a like I would say like six people in a row said some iteration of that.
1: I was surprised, man. It was mostly because, not that Giannis doesn't deserve those kind of calls. Like, let's get it straight. He's a superstar, mm-hmm. but they weren't calling it on both ends of the floor, and they weren't really calling it all game. So to see it coming out of nowhere in the fourth quarter was like, okay. is that is that Dwayne Wade? Because I know Dwayne Wade gets that kind of <laughs> shit all the time. But I was so surprised to see that.
0: Yeah, I don't know. He's like a secret superstar, though. Only people who like really watch basketball know who he is. I, I was talking to yeah, my dad know. about. I was talking to my dad about um, Giannis Atta and he's like, a teta what? <laughs> right <laughs> by Val. yeah. So you know he's remember when um Abdul Jabart when he was like Lou Allen Alcindor in Milwaukee. Yep, I kind of get that vibe from him. You know, he's just like if you're really watching it, this guy is amazing, but nobody really knows who he is because he plays in Milwaukee.
1: So he's still gonna, gonna get him. complaining about the fouls on like DeRozan. The defense was really physical between Delhi. And Chris Middleton, like they did a really good job
0: on Rosen tonight. And Brogdon. Brogdon. on Lowry.
1: Well, Lowry's back. I mean, the Yo, revenge. Lowry, narrative I'm going to tell My you big right. Big shot
0: tonight. Tonight was Lowry's revenge, right? I'm going to tell you right now. I don't. I don't know if Lowry's afraid of Brogdon, but he's very mindful of Brogdon on the court.
1: He's timid for whatever reason, but you know the headline tomorrow is going to be Larry made the big shot and he's back and, you know, revenge,
0: mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, it's going to be the narrative. Yeah. We see through it though. Like you could tell like from last game to this game, he was turning the corner on those pick and rolls, right. Instead of immediately passing out of them. So he was yep. drawing, he was like, you know, he would get into the painting. He's like drawing like three, usually it'd be like the two people that are in the pick and roll situation. And then like another person would come over cause they're behind him. Um, he's drawing all these people, but instead of going for his, like, his layup, he usually, he's a good finisher, like, he's a really good finisher, but instead of going for those finishes, he's like, I'm gonna, you know, make the pass to somebody that's cutting into the lane or, like, a three-point shooter that's, like, semi-covered outside. Uh, yeah, it's just, like, anybody that is on this team, if they just get near him in the paint, he just doesn't want to shoot it. And that's why you're Which seeing him... It's bizarre. Yeah, and that's why you're seeing an attack so frequently in transition, especially in this game.
1: I don't know if it's just he doesn't have confidence in his jump shot, or if he's just worried about the length, I mean,
0: nah, he's clearly not comfortable yet. Nah, it's just the people, like, he, they have long limbs, man. He's a small man, and they have long, I mean, he's not small, because he's six foot tall, but still, like, he's a small dude in comparison, and they got some super, super long limbs, and that's, uh, that's gonna, that's like kind of, you know, it's an issue for him, you know, anytime he feels like he wants to shoot a layup or something like that, he's afraid, like, it's gonna get blocked, you know, his shots don't really get blocked very frequently, and I think that's what I think that's what he thinks will happen anytime he puts up a layup now, is that it's going to get blocked. So he's really doing those layups in traffic.
1: I think outside of Lowry, there's a lot of things to talk about tonight, and he's going to get talked about at length anywhere you look. So Mm -hmm. I think we should talk about some other things that are, I think, a lot more interesting, to be honest. Okay. Dude, without Serge Ibaka, we don't win this game tonight. And shout out to our boy Terry, Terrence Ross, for being good (laughs) enough for us to fetch Serge Ibaka one for one straight up deal. Thank you, Rob Hennigan because <laughs> um,
0: without Ibaka tonight we don't win this game yeah and then he had like those two what was it three, three total blocks but he had like two at the rim against Giannis and like those were just like straight up stuffs so those are great um, yeah those threes bombing it from deep the Raptors are 14 of 29 from three tonight yeah yeah which is a, a playoffs record for them I do believe which is what yeah I think on the 13th three was the playoff record for them, for three point, for three pointers,
1: they shoot That's fight. what I meant earlier when I said they could have blown them out. I mean, when you have a night like tonight, shooting from three, usually you crush a team. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, but there is those instances where like they forgot how to play basketball and they would turn over the ball like four times in five possessions, which was in the third quarter, and then you know they led the Bucks back into the game. And you have like twelve. 12- What's up with the turnovers, man? yo when people I'm telling you man I think people are not really understanding how effective length is in all aspects of this game like basketball like if the angles are just not there to make the pass the angle's not there and it gets intercepted or it gets thrown out of bounds or it gets like tapped out of bounds like just having that la- that lateral the x-axis of the court right being able to control that is really um really powerful and that's how you're generating that's how they're generating all these turnovers well, for
1: me, I mean, Milwaukee's kind of predictable with their scheme now. It's a team where you play them so many times, their defense, it's not going to surprise you. Like, yeah. When yeah. Lowry DeRozan gets the ball, they're going to pressure them immediately, usually double-team. So you know to move the ball. Like, there's no surprises with what Milwaukee's doing. That That's why I get so frustrated with these turnovers.
0: Yeah, eventually, because it's like a blitz-out defense. I mean, the the Heat did this, but the Heat had um, LeBron on their team, so... <laughs> yeah, he's kind of good. <laughs> right so that blitz you eventually you just get used to the blitz and you're like okay we don't know what to do pass to this person pass to this person just swing 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 open three I mean Lowry Lowry's doing that effectively but DeMar DeRozan I feel like his passing isn't good enough at the moment for him to um, I don't know it's his vision like he doesn't have the vision to see like to to see and also to know that somebody should be in a specific spot like he has to see the person directly yeah. and then he has to make like that two hand pass where like Something like Kyle Lowry or like a point guard makes like a one hand like wrap. Sorry, I hit my own computer. (laughs) He has to make a like a wrap around pass or like a behind the back pass. Like they do that. He's like he has to stop the dribble, pivot, 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 and then like like two hand chest pass it to somebody else. The thing I noticed with him too is he
1: still has that old habit of where he'll try and dribble out of it. Mm -hmm. It doesn't happen often, but he still does it. And if you look tonight, Lowry and DeRozan had eight assists combined. Not a lot. I mean, pretty standard <laughs> I mean, for them, though. No. Yeah, that's the Raptors' offense.
0: Yeah, exactly. There was you got a, a, you know who had. Can you guess who the team leader in assists was?
1: Mm, pretty sure. I know DeLon Wright had what three, but I think Abaka had seven. I think he had six he in had the fourth. Six. Alone. He led it. He, six? Le, <laughs> yeah. He led the. Yeah, the he team had a lot offense. of assists, man. Especially in the fourth. I remember watching. him like, holy crow! Mm-hmm. Like his third, fourth assists. I kept telling you. Then I looked at the end. And it was yeah. Jeez.
0: So yeah, you know. <clears throat> Because those are off hockey assists too. I mean, he had some. He had a couple of inside dishes to uh, JV, but it's like you know, Kyle Lowry passes it, swing, swing, pass to Ibaka. Ibaka finally sees somebody open. They pass it to them, and then they hit the shot or the three. You know, it, the, the, they played well. This is a. <laughs> I'm not like they played well except for the turnovers. We live in the turnovers, but it was like a, you know, a good win, solid win. I think it was a good win for Dwayne Casey too. He made
1: a lot of adjustments tonight. Game one, we saw him go with kind of JV in that bench unit. Um, Greg Monroe killed him. Tonight, we saw him play oh, Yaka Pirtle and DeLon Wright, and DeLon Wright looked really
0: good in the eight or nine minutes he played there. So did Pirtle. It's just like that Greg Monroe post-up, is um that's lethal for this team, man. There aren't any good post defenders on this team.
1: Pirtle wasn't bad, though. I mean, he was giving you the effort. He was working. It's only four minutes, but... I think that tells you a little bit about what Dwayne Casey is willing to do for this series. Like, he's willing to adjust and have a quick leash.
0: I think he's willing to, like, play a lot of different players is because that's what uh, Kidd does. Jason Kidd likes to play a ton of different players, right? And, he, like, he even played Spencer Hawes for, like, five minutes today, you know? And he played Jason Terry. I don't even think Jason Terry touched the floor in the f- in the first game, or maybe he did for, like, a couple minutes, but he played, like, five minutes. Yeah, he did. T- Teletovic played, like, five minutes today. Like, he's just, he's willing to just, like... You know, throw out these weird different looks. He has all the tools in the toolbox. So when you're the Raptors, you can't. It's hard to stick to just like nine dudes when they're using like thirteen. So, I'm 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 actually thinking he's gonna play more Purdle. I, I was just gonna him. say that. I was literally <laughs> just gonna say that. I think he plays them a little bit more. Maybe like four to eight minutes a night. Yeah, I think you might get like a little like an eight because of that Monroe. Because <clears throat> because of the Monroe lineup or. Maybe, you know, if he wants to give a different look against Thonmaker if JV is not really cutting it, you know, if JV doesn't play well, I think Pertle's going to get like some uh, some center minutes for sure. And that'll be against Thonmaker And it's not like Thonmaker's is going to destroy um, Pertle in any way. So they're just going to run up and down
1: the floor together, to be honest. Get garbage buckets, rebound, hustle. Man, hustle stats, they're going to fill the box score up with those. Mm hmm. The screens, too. Screen assists. Yeah, good screeners. You know, who's an underrated screener is Deladova.
0: Yo, man, this is not a screener. This guy is just illegally grabbing people. What are you talking about?
1: I know, I'm just saying, hey.
0: <laughs> All counts as him on the stat
1: sheet. I never said he legally screening guys. He's still screening them.
0: Yeah, I guess he's still screening them. I guess it would still count as a screen assist. But, like, when you're watching him set the screens, he's, like, he's not gra- he's not hugging you, but he's giving you, like, the, you know, the one-arm type hug, you know? <laughs> you can give somebody Dude, a hug he- that you don't really <laughs> know. That's what <laughs> He's that
1: annoying guy at pickup that sets screens and you run right through one of those screens. And yeah, he's on the floor, call him foul, and you tell him get up, play on. Yeah,
0: he's that guy. Chill out, man. Yeah, he's the. Yeah, he's annoying. I can I can imagine he's really annoying to play against, just in every facet of the game, because he's like he hits those wide open threes, and you're just like, oh man, the three. And then like he's grabbing you on the screens, and then he plays like tough defense. You're just like, you know. He's that dude in pickup that you're just like, please get him off the court. Just, just beat this team so I don't have to, play, so I don't have to play against him anymore. That's what, I mean, that's what he's like. Well, tonight, him and Brogdon both missed big threes down the stretch. Oh. That could have really made the game close. They could have won the game. Yeah, it brought Bro- was it Brogdon that had that open? Both of them had open threes at the end. Back to back possessions, right? So if the, if both of, that's six points right there, and then it's a t- basically it's a tie game. But they they also fouled the Raptors at the end. Um. <clears throat> yeah, they could have won. That could have been two zero bucks going back to Milwaukee, Shh, sh- <laughs> and then we have <laughs> we have a bot. Then we have a Boston Celtics scenario going on, and then everybody's pulling their hair out.
1: I'm very pleased with that.
0: I'm very pleased to hear
1: that. Um, can we get a check, a visual check on Bill Simmons to make sure he's still okay?
0: Because <laughs> I, I, I can imagine he's on full tilt right now. He's, in a, he's like in a fetal position, you know, rocking back and forth. He's just like, we still have the number one pick. We still have the number one pick. We still have the number one pick. Just so hope-
1: what's a better story with the Celtics? I have to. I have to pick at them right now. I don't mm-hmm. even care. What's a better story with the Celtics? Um, the 30 for 30 on all the assets they had and didn't use? Or the whole disrespected narrative they're using to, you know, apparently motivate them? But, yeah. 2-0 to the Bulls? Come on, man. <laughs> I mean, this was this was, at this, point. <laughs>
0: this was the series that everybody thought could be an upset series, though. So it's not like we didn't see it coming.
1: The Celtics could have played just about anybody in the East. Between the Heat, the Bulls, and the Pacers, people would have picked, quote-unquote, upset alert.
0: Yeah, so we all knew that they weren't... Like, they're the one seed, but we don't think they're, like, you know, the best in the East. Everybody thinks that, like, Toronto... Or the Wizards would be the second-best team in the in the East, right? Not, not necessarily the Celtics. So, um, yeah. You know, it's a great... It's like a great league. It's an awesomely coached team. And uh, great tools. And they just don't have, like, a super-duper star, man. Can you imagine? Now I was thinking, like, yo, Giannis on the on the Celtics, like, they would actually destroy teams.
1: You can insert a lot of guys on the Celtics. And I
0: think this offseason now... Remember, the trade deadline? It was like,
1: eh, we don't want to move Jay Crowder because... He's really good and he's really cheap. Yeah, the contract. Um, yeah, I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna change their tune a bit between him and Marcus Smart. Like Marcus Smart flipped off a fan tonight by the looks of it. Nothing new there. Same antics, same bullshit with that guy. But I think they're gonna be a little
0: more uh, open to trading guys now. His flops are relentless, bro. Marcus Smarts, like he's just... a joke. <laughs> but yeah, so they're gonna try to. They have to try. No, no, they don't have to try anything. No, I'm really thinking about it. I don't think they need to really do anything because they're gonna get, they're gonna get their pick through through Brooklyn. And if that's like the one, two, or three, they really want one or two. So they really want Monzo Ball or Faults. But whatever pick they get is gonna be excellent uh, prospect. You know, even Jalen Brown is working out. So if you're in their position, why do you have to trade anybody? Like everybody's super young, like Jay Crow. I mean, Jay Crow is not super young, and Al Hor- like Al Horford, and Isaiah Thomas aren't super young, but everybody else on the team is like mid to early twenties. So the team can. Still I think get we better. should come
1: back and talk about them in the off season because we could easily do thirty minutes on why they should trade or why they shouldn't. Okay. I think they should.
0: <laughs> so expiring yeah. deals, expiring deals. Yeah. Speaking of people that got traded, Tony Snell. Tell me, tell me how. Uh, but I'm I'm doing I'm trying th- to laugh. Pardon? I'm trying to laugh. Tony Snell is Gerald Henderson. Tony Snell is shoots forty percent from three point range. Do you know that? I he's a raptor killer, man. Like I don't no understand. But, no, not, Raptors, even, not even that, like that's his legit percentage for the year. He shoots forty percent from three. The the Milwaukee the Bucks are like they have some snipers on that team, bro. Brogdon, Delhi, Teletovich, Snell. Middleton I know they're going to be good when like, Jabari they, gets back next year they're going to be good They have super well, better super, than they are now Yeah they have like serious serious like just like absolute snipers on that team and I think you know we watch Bucks games but we don't watch every Bucks game right no, and when like the Raptors and when Middleton came back they were just like on a tear and now they're even better than like they're I think they're playing like their best ball right now
1: I'd agree with that actually I think their best asset it's not so much their length it's their ability to not only switch everything on defense but also on offense they don't really need a true point guard. i like, guess they
0: have brockton but they have a lot of guys that can handle the ball yeah even when jambari was there he's a ball handler and then they got the atetokounmpo to <laughs> to handle the ball so yeah it's a, it's positionless basketball in like every essence basically in defense offense anybody can handle the ball what did you think about Dwayne Casey playing Lowry, Patterson, and Tucker every single minute in the fourth quarter? I'm uh, I'm I'm on it. I'm with it, but uh, I'm just worried that uh, people are going to get tired at the end. Like when in the last couple minutes, I guess uh, you know if you slow down the game, which they do do, uh, they can like mitigate the the exhaustion. But that's like a that's an issue for me. Like I just don't want people to be super tired at the end of the game. But I think it's a, I think it's a smart idea because that's their best like those are like their best guys for that type of situation like Tupac pad, two pad or if you're gonna play Ibaka like Ibaka two pad, uh, PJ, Derozan and Lowry is like probably their best lineup for the entire like the entire team. So I, don't I think it's the best it. lineup to play against the box too. I just think it's their best lineup, like period. <laughs> you know, you know who was good tonight too. Patrick Patterson, no, <laughs> Corey no, Joseph?
1: different guy. Corey Joseph? no, different guy. Tomari Carroll, Tomari Carroll, man, he was actually good tonight.
0: Two of three from he was three, taking a lot of heat. Nine points. Tonight was pretty good. Yeah, even a block, even a block. He had a he had like He's a not drive, blow you away, but he was good. He had a drive to the basket that went in. <laughs> He drove it into the basket, made a layup. You know, cont- semi-contested. That was, uh... Anytime he puts the ball on the floor, like... Just take a drink if you're at home. Yeah. Okay? <laughs> Seriously. And you're lucky he doesn't play more than 30 minutes. He'd <laughs> you, be blackout. You wake like, up in the morning, who won? <laughs> anytime I, anytime he puts the ball on the floor, I get nervous. Because I, I, his handle's not, like, super tight with the ball, so I think he's going to turn it over. Or, um him shooting off the dribble like he's like one of the worst off the dribble shooters in the league so uh you know that's another reason uh him driving to the rim is like uh i don't know if he knows what he's doing when he drives to the rim right and it's almost always a miss you know it goes in every once in a while so i just get nervous anytime he puts the ball on the floor be like just pass it just pass it give it away give it away there's no need for there's no need for him to dribble the ball to be honest just shoot He's literally three and deep. That's what he should be, right? But no, but only. like Daddy only. gets
1: a little confident sometimes. dribble the ball around is what it is at this point. I it's guess. been like that all season. Um, I've actually toned down the complaining about it because it's like, yeah, I saw this last week, and the week before that, <laughs> and the week before that. It's just that shitty infomercial. I've such on every a night.
0: Defeatist. <laughs> I'm not trying to be defeatist here, but I'm just being a realist per se. I guess so man I know that dude that. Eh. eh yo the free throws okay so at the end of the game at the very very end where PJ Tucker missed those back to back free throws when they were up by like two points can you tell me the the story behind free throws for this team what, it was like 18 of 25 so it was like 72 percent I don't know what it is it just made sorry
1: man the angst watching free throws is usually, usually where you go get a drink, you know, maybe take a piss really quick mm-hmm. if you need to. It's like you go and do things because nine out of ten times they're going in. Mm-hmm. But now with the Raptors, you need to sit still and actually tentatively watch every free throw.
0: <laughs> right. I feel like the nerves <laughs> became frustrating. The nerves, man. Like the the Bucks were seventeen of nineteen, so that's eighty nine. No ninety. No eighty nine point five percent. Right. So I don't know. Every time. Man, it's weird with the with the Raptors. Anytime they have the ball, it's just like a nervous affair, all the time. You know, something
1: feels off, right?
0: Yeah, it's never just like okay, I'm gonna run the offense and you know get the bucket here and then you know, come on come down on the other side, play some D. Like they don't feel like a team where I can just trust them completely. Like you can, like you can do with like the Spurs or. So to an extent, like the the Clippers or the Warriors, or the you know the Cavs, like the the offense just always works, and then the defense is good too, which is which is you know with this team the defense and the offense are really good, but it just doesn't feel that way. Like I don't get that feeling. I don't I don't get the security that I want from this team.
1: I feel like after every game we're saying like you know the Raptors haven't hit their potential yet. Th- this is like this is just the floor,
0: but. Are we going to see the ceiling ever? It's in a playoff the season. It's a playoff game where they scored <laughs> 106 points. That's like that's a high-scoring playoff game. I'm not right. disputing that, but this team hasn't played up to its potential yet. I don't know. I think the Bucks are kind of a bad matchup for them. I think the Bucks are a good
1: matchup to prepare for the Cavs though.
0: Yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah cuz basically because, Giannis is like Yeah, proto- the Bucks are like they're
1: like fast, right? they mm-hmm. They're a faster Cavs length they got all that stuff. Then they're going to go play the Cavs and it's going to be like it's like they're playing in fast forward right now and then yeah. they're going to go play in like half speed. Yeah. When they play the Cavs cuz the Cavs are not that fast anymore.
0: They're going to they're going to like whenever they play when they play the Cavs in the second round they're going to be like, "Oh my god, look at all these room for activities. I can actually dribble the ball and like make passes to people." You know, all they have to do is worry about LeBron. That's but that's all they have
1: make. to do against the Cavs is make shots. Because their defense is like
0: atrocious, YMCA level, atrocious defense, bro. It's like so bad. I am still, I'm still on. We place this bet, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Because uh, the the more I see from the more I see from the Cavs, the more confident it makes me in the Raptors being able to beat them. So it's going to def- happen. So that defense is terrible, like actually really bad. Like the, the, the Pacers are scoring 111 points against you the Pacers are one of the worst offensive teams in the league and they're doing it with relative ease right it's just like Paul George just basically just like lights the, the Cavs defense on fire every game and they, there's no way of stopping it and they have LeBron on their team and they're not stopping it and the defense is just not it's non-existent <sighs> what else do you have from well, this game man
1: for this game I like P.J. Tucker covering Giannis. There's a lot of like redundant stuff that I have down here in notes, but I don't know why they just don't leave him on him. I know I said this last podcast too, mm-hmm. but, dude, just let him play physical. He's the only guy that can really match up with him. Um, he's not going to stop him, but he's going to slow him down at least.
0: Ah, the old, the old slow him down. Yeah, it does work. They have him on Middleton sometimes. I think, Which is weird. I think they have him on Middleton. It's either like a switch. Sometimes because sometimes they do switch on pick and rolls. Like if somebody doesn't make it over in time, then they'll switch. But uh, yeah, they just have him guarding Middleton to stop the post up, maybe the three pointer. I I need to. I'm gonna go back and like actually rewatch both games and like really really fine detail to figure out what's going on with the defense because it's not as easy to understand what's happening on defense as it is in offense. But um, that's yeah, that's a weird thing. See, something weird. I want to go back and watch too
1: was whenever Deladova's was on the court. If it's Lowry and DeRozan at the same time, um, I'd like to see them maybe use some more one-two high pick and rolls to kind of get a switch. On yeah, yeah. I don't man. know why they don't do that.
0: I'm yeah. I'm thinking about one-two or even the reverse, like two-one, like get, give the DeRozan the ball and try to get the screen, trying to get the screen from Lowry and attack off that screen. Yeah, that would work. Often. Instead of, instead of including one of in the big men, because the big men will just switch, right? So
1: yeah, and then you kind of just have uh, PJ Tucker flare out into the corner. Like Ibaka could set up at the elbow there. I mean, create open lane. Like it could easily work out for them in that sense.
0: Yeah, and then you get to um, exclude Giannis from like any of the play because you. Hopefully, we're doing like some sort of two-one screen rule, and then you have like Ibaka, Patrick Patterson, PJ Tucker, or Carroll, or something like that, where everybody's just like scattered on the three-point line, basically like um, like the Houston Rockets. Exactly.
1: Like Basically, you want to screen on the strong side, but drive to the weak side if you're the ball handler. Right. And by doing that, you're hoping that Giannis will kind of lure back into the paint. And that leaves you with either the option to, to lay it in if it's there and hopefully draw a foul too. Or kick it out to the guy Giannis just left and would be a wide open three. Yeah, ideally to Tucker or
0: Ibaka, but yeah,
1: that's like the perfect play. Right? <laughs> that's if everything goes right, you know? <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. So um, hopefully we get to see Dwayne Casey doing that because that'll actually work very well against the Cavs. And I would love to see that against the Cavs, too. I, th- I don't think it's that complex of a play, you know, to, to run. I think you just need to think of it and be like, oh, you know what, that, that actually makes a lot of sense. You have to also figure out if Lowry is willing to set that screen very often.
1: Um, it's a contract year. He's going to very well
0: right now. <laughs> He's going to set the screen on LeBron if we
1: ask him to. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, give me a grade for Casey tonight. How did you think he coached? In the B B plus B
0: plus, B plus really? Eh?
1: I was I was floating between B plus A minus. I thought his adjustments were great tonight.
0: Yeah, he's um, I like the fact that he was willing to use multiple people in the lineup. He used what eleven people. Let me
1: count here.
0: Pretty certain it was eleven. It was uh, ten people? After ten, 10? right? Yeah. So he was using ten people. He's using Delon Wright, which is and Pirtle, who are basically rookies. That's one thing I do like about Dwayne Casey. He's not afraid to put the rookies out there if he believes in them. And they perform when he believes in them. So, yeah, man. B plus. Gotta dock him for not using 2-1 or 1-2 screen and roll. That has to come. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's it's a weapon that they rarely use. Very rarely. But they do use it. They do use it every once in a while. Usually when they need a bucket. Like, absolutely. Then they do run that. But
1: you know, <sighs> yeah, <laughs> well, hopefully, if Lowry gets back, it can open up not only the one-two or two-one, come up the one-five because mm-hmm. that's where the Bach hit the five. Because we saw tonight when his
0: shooting is going like
1: that, it opens up a world of possibilities for this team.
0: Yeah, two for five, uh, two five from three-point range, forty percent. Dare I say he's a uh... no? No, you know what? I'm not going to say it. I'm just going to let it happen.
1: Not, you don't
0: want
1: to tease it. <laughs> no, it's okay. <laughs> what do you, you think? You're Game of Thrones. or something?
0: <laughs> you going to make us wait till next episode or next. Yeah, until next episode. Till next episode. Oh, there's one more thing. Yeah, uh, Dwayne Casey. You know the Lowry plus the bench, or uh, how I like to call it the Jurassic Five. Yeah. Um. He's finally like settled on that lineup where it's a uh, it, it's a uh, hold on I've written down here yes he it's a Baca two Pat. Uh, P.J. Tucker, Lowry, and Joseph. Yep. That's when they, you know, Ibaka's a starter, but he actually takes Ibaka out early in the first to bring him back at the start of that second quarter. Um. Yeah, that works really, really well. Like, that's a, such a good lineup. It's so good defensively, and then it still has the offensive punch to it. Obviously, you can't run it the entire time, especially against this Bucks team because they're such a tall and long team. But the three-point shooting, ball handling, like, it's amazing. And then the defense, it's it's a great team. What I'm
1: surprised when they deploy that lineup that Jason Kidd doesn't really do. He, he doesn't spurts. Just go Monroe into the compo. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, where you and just that have, will make
1: it really difficult for that lineup.
0: Yeah, Giannis at the five would be um, really good. Really yeah, good he, to Giannis at the five,
1: head. Monroe at the four, and have fun. Yeah. You can literally insert three guys.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <sighs> it's a good win. It's a good win, man. It's a good win. It could have been easier. But it was still a good win.
1: A lot of people have, like, ulcers, heart attacks, um, just health concerns all around tonight. Because it started off as a fun game. (laughs) Entertainment value, it was up there. But, dude. Yeah,
0: entertainment value
1: was very high. (laughs) Frustration. The amount of F-bombs that were probably dropped by numerous people tonight. Like, it was frustrating, man. That game, I I hate saying this, that game was draining to watch. Like, you should be, enjoy sports when you're watching it, as like a fan, especially. Mm-hmm. But tonight was just like a relief. It was like, whew. All if right,
0: one hundred six,
1: one hundred. All right, yeah, we'll take, we'll take. It, we'll take
0: <laughs> let's just get out of here. Let's go. Let's if, go. Like if, you're it's part so of, <laughs> if you're part of NBA Twitter in any respect, like you're just like watching like Kevin Pelton and like uh, Big Waz, and you're watching like Tim Bontemps and all those guys, you just they're cheering on Giannis. Like they want the Bucks to win. Like pretty much if you're not from Canada, you want Giannis and the Bucks to win that series. You wanna see obviously they wanna see the upset, but like it's the, Toronto versus everybody, basically.
1: They're gonna get their upset. They're gonna get the Bulls over the Celtics. Let's go. <laughs> Can't believe that's actually happening. Like, hey, that, you wanna know something pretty crazy? Brad Stevens, two and ten in the playoffs now.
0: Oh cool. is he is he a regular season coach or a playoff coach? Who knows? <laughs> i'm gonna skim a few celtics blogs and oh i
1: want a celtics reddit after this i'm just gonna piss myself laughing the panic level <laughs> on 10 million
0: we all knew this is gonna be you know we all knew we overachieved
1: uh no, no, we- gonna be, and this is why you trade blah 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 <laughs> insert here
0: oh yeah absolutely anybody that um Anybody that doesn't like the Celtics and be like, yeah, see, these guys are morons. All these assets, what are you supposed to do with the assets? You're supposed to trade the assets for your superstars and then that's how you win championships. If you don't trade anybody, then how do you plan on never winning? Yeah, because you have Brooklyn's first-round pick doesn't mean uh, doesn't mean you're a given to get a superstar you got to trade for them sometimes. Duh!
1: Well, on that note, we're going to get out of here because I'm going to go look at this because I think it's going to be hilarious. <coughs> <laughs> um... <laughs> I'd like to thank you, everybody, for listening to this episode of the Toronto Raptors Tip of the Tower podcast. As always, you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Tip of the Tower. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud at Tip of the Tower. You can follow me on Twitter at Crystal Granite. You can follow tomorrow on Twitter at Demar J Grant. I hope you guys aren't as stressed out as I was watching this game because I feel tired now, which is actually really sad to say. Um, <laughs> enjoy Game Three, guys, of the series ships of Milwaukee. Until then, take care. See ya
0: in Wisconsin right (laughs) the cheese state oh bring your cheese the cheese i love the cheese the cheese head uh, thing anyways later guys